What's going on, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy, and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love, and let's just jump straight into it. It's Sunday morning, the sun is shining, it is absolutely smashing into summer here in Perth, and I couldn't be happier. It is also my daughter Anna's second birthday party today. We've just got um, a very small contingent of family coming over to celebrate that and having a little brunch this morning with her. So I've gotten up early. I'm here recording this podcast. It's a really simple concept, but something that gets lost in the minutiae and kind of uh, pseudo garbage that gets thrown around uh, the internet uh, these days. And I wanted to clear up the confusion and how these two terms get blended uh, together far too often. And as you've read by the title of the podcast, what is the difference between fat loss and health? And so that's what we're here to discuss today. And so I thought I'd jump on, as I said, nice and early on a Sunday morning, record this podcast, and then I can shut the computer and enjoy the rest of the weekend and the day with uh, my girls, and especially to celebrate uh, Anna's birthday party. So that's it, guys. Hope you're all well. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend yourself, and um, you're going to enjoy this podcast. It's going to be a pretty, um, as I said, short and to the point podcast, as I've really been doing uh, my biggest efforts to make uh, these podcasts short and punchy, and yeah, just bring bring you a nice gold nugget that you can take away with you and clear up a concept or uh, an idea or misconception that might be going around, and this is definitely one of those. And I want to lead this podcast off by saying that Far too often, people who are against the idea use, I guess, straw man type arguments to then pull certain concepts apart that you say. And that when I say calories are all that matter when it comes to fat loss, which they do, people who are against that idea will say, well, does that mean you're saying that? 100, grand, 100 calories of blueberries are exactly the same as 100 calories of a donut. Now, when it comes to the 100 calories, yes, the calories are just a measurement that is, an, like a, a, is a universal measurement, a measurement. And for those who might not even know what a calorie is, one calorie is the amount of energy that it takes to heat I don't know if it's a kilogram, I'm pretty sure it's a kilogram or 100 mils or a certain amount of water. So to see a certain amount of water increase in temperature by one degree, that's what a calorie is. So it's just a unit of measure, just like a unit of measure for distance on a road. If you were to measure out one kilometer on a dirt path, one kilometer is exactly the same as a bitumen path or a one-kilometer trek up a hill is exactly the same as a one-kilometer stretch of flat road. Now, where, as I said, that argument comes, well, well, is 100 calories of blueberries the same as 100 calories of donut? The measurement of actual calories is exactly the same. However, that doesn't mean that the nutritional value or the nutrients that we get from 100 uh, calories of blueberries is going to be exactly the same as the nutrients we get from 100 calories of donuts because of course there is a different profile of nutrition and that's though where this argument then starts getting pulled apart and why there is a big difference between health and fat loss. If we are talking clearly just purely about fat loss, 
if you want to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. I've said it a thousand times before, and there is not a single diet or program or thing out there that has helped people lose weight that hasn't put them in a calorie deficit. Susie from accounting, Bob the Buffhead can say all they want about keto. It's carbs that cause fat, and so keto is the way forward. Or insulin is the uh, reason why you are uh, not able to lose fat or the reason why you're gaining fat. And so we need to get down your insulin, and here's a diet that helps getting down your insulin. Or the other spectrum, fat is the issue. So we need to have high carbs, and you need to not eat fat. Or uh, animal products are the reason why uh, your poor uh, ability to lose fat. And so there's all of these people saying, this diet, this diet, this diet. At the end of the day, you could just eat a certain food. I don't care what the food is. We can go as bad as you want. And I say bad for the poor use of language. We can, we can say as least nutrient uh, dense as possible and say donuts. If all you ate were donuts and you ate within your calorie range that helped you achieve a calorie deficit, you would lose weight. And this has been done before, not with donuts that I've ever seen, but there was a professor in the United States that wanted to prove this point through and through. And all he ate for, I think it was 12 weeks, it was a quite a substantial period of time, but all he ate were Twinkies. Now, if anyone who's listening to this don't know what Twinkies are, they're like a little sponge cake that's filled with cream. That's all he ate. And he lost a substantial amount of weight because he was eating them and bringing his calories to a certain level that got him into a calorie deficit. Now, just because you can doesn't mean you should. I've loved that quote all my life. Just because you can eat within a calorie deficit, eat whatever you like. And this is where the flip side of the, I guess, the program or diet culture around if it fits your macros, that there's bodybuilding and um, I guess physique competitor buffheads that are out there, and that's what I was talking about, Bob the buffhead. You know these idiots who sit there and go, "Look, as long as it fits your macros, you're fine. You know, here's your calories. Get your protein in, and then anything else is fine around that." Absolutely not. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Your diet should always be filled with plenty of nutrient dense foods. Eat your fruits, eat your veggies, get your grains in, get your protein in. It should form the major or majority part of your diet. Absolutely, you should be getting your nutrient-dense foods in, and that's what lends into health, and we'll talk about that in a second. However, if you're getting in adequate protein, if you're getting in lots of nutrients, if you're getting in a wide variety of balanced uh, foods, and you have some calories left over that you can still consume uh, and keep you within your calorie deficit, then absolutely have what I call foods for the soul. There's foods for the body, things that we should be eating that fuel our body, that help it perform well, that help it recover well, that give us all the nutrients we need to give us good health, good immune, and good function just day-to-day life, and help off, you know, prevent disease and um, being ill and all those kinds of things. Absolutely, they should be the big part. But if, and there should be, you can definitely get all those in and still have calories left over because a lot of those foods are super low in calories. You can fit in huge amounts of those for a very low amount of calories. And if you have some calories left over, then have the foods for the soul. So there's foods for the body, foods for the soul. Foods for the soul means, and it can mean anything to you, in that there could be a food that just brings up a lovely memory of where maybe you had 
your wet your wedding anniversary or honeymoon and you were overseas and you were having the time of your life and you had this amazing dish of you know antipasto and you know charcuterie boards and cured meats and different things like that and it was then followed by this amazing cheese platter after it not really the most nutrient dense some lovely foods though and beautiful foods and it was in a great setting and it sparks up a really beautiful memory within you that's a food for the soul in that tonight maybe it's your wedding anniversary it's a special uh moment or what it might not be it might just be an afternoon that you just say you know what I feel like having that and it brings up that memory and you sit there and you chat with your partner. It's like, oh, do you remember when we were sitting in Tuscany and we had this and we were on our wedding uh, and our honeymoon and those foods for the soul, they just bring up really good memories or maybe a memory from your childhood. For me, I've always used the example of my nan. Every single time we went around to my nan's house, no matter what, she would always put on a platter of different cakes and biscuits and we'd have afternoon tea there. The parents would all have their coffees or whatever it was and then they'd share in one or two little cakes and biscuits and the kids kids would always get some sort of fizzy drink. I rarely drank fizzy drink as a kid growing up, just never was in the household. But when we went around to Nan and Pa's place, they would always have fizzy drinks for the grandkids and just, as I said, a plethora of different cakes and biscuits and things that my nan had made herself that afternoon. It's probably why I have a love for baking, but it also is a massive reason why I have a massive love for, you know, cakes and biscuits and donuts and different things like that because it just sparks up such a lovely memory with my my nan and my pa and visiting them, um, you know, the, the times that we did and spending time with them. And so, again, if you can fit those foods within your calories while you've also got the diet filled with other nutrient-dense foods, then absolutely fit them in. As I say, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Your diet should never, and no coach ever, if if you do have a coach that is hell-bent on if it fits your macros and just saying, eat whatever you like as long as it's filled, uh, as long as you're in your calorie deficit, that person is just as moronic as the flip side to that in that you should never have any of those foods and that calories don't matter. You should always just be having proper nutrient-dense foods and never touch those and calories. Like Both of those people are just as moronic as each other because they're both completely wrong in that you need to, and I know I'm going over like a broken record, you need to have a balance in your diet you, for, for many reasons, for both health reasons, but also longevity and sustainability. And Again, I've said this time and time again, the key to success is through sustainability. If you are going into a diet regime that you're looking to lose some weight and you cut out all of the foods that you love, how miserable of a life is that going to be? And how sustainable do you think it's going to be? Ask yourself in the past when you've gone to try and lose weight and you have done that, you've cut out everything that you you know truly love in food no more chocolate no more biscuits no like no more of those types of foods the less nutrient dense foods and all you've done is eaten high nutrient dense foods you know plenty of lean proteins fruits veggies salads and all this is all that you ate how long did you last and if you were able to stay on it for a substantial period of time where you lost your weight how long did you keep the weight off for because i probably presume that maybe you reached your goal weight great but then did it stay off? Did you not then probably just revert back to then eating all of those things, thinking, oh, well, now I've achieved my goal, I can just go back to eating whatever I want. The weight comes back on. Why? Not because you're eating those foods, because you're eating far too many calories and you're having those foods in far excess. Whereas if you had included them within your diet, had obviously smaller portions of them, but we're including them more often, it feels more sustainable. It's much more enjoyable. 
And this is where I think then the health aspect of it and part of this um, podcast title is what's the difference is I think 100% while there is uh, you know foods for the soul and foods for the body, I think the two aspects that we're going to talk around health come in psychological health and physical health. We all know that eating more fruits, more veggies, plenty of grains, lean proteins, all of these things are very good for our body's health. We feel good on them, we perform well on them, we recover better with them. They're all things that help our body do what it's meant to do. However, we cannot forget about our psychological health in that these foods will make you feel better internally, as I said, physically, but also mentally as well, is that anyone who's gone any length of time of eating well and exercising and moving and getting quality sleep, all of these things combined, you feel mentally better. You don't feel as stressed. You feel clearer in mind. You think better. You sleep better. All of these things coming from a base of the foods that you've chosen to eat have a positive effect on the way we feel. But you cannot tell me that you don't have good sparked memories of feelings that come from also eating those foods that might be not as nutrient-dense. But again, as I said before, have a memory associated with it. Have a good um feeling associated with it and we've got to keep in mind our mental health in that it's definitely a very important part of the journey and if we forget about it then there's a reason why we feel down and we don't feel as good and we feel deprived and then this program starts falling falling over before we've really had a chance to start it so you need to make sure that you stay on top of getting plenty of nutrient dense foods but never forgetting those foods that they might be less nutrient dense and might not have as much nutritional value but they absolutely play a role in your physical health and your mental health. And so I think they need to be included and you just need to find that balance. What is that balance for you? And that is completely different for um, you know a vast array uh, of people that will be coming into this. If you're coming into this, having had a lifetime of paying zero attention to the way you exercise, the way you sleep, the way you eat, all of these things, and you are now 48 years of age, you're 50 kilos overweight or more, you've never exercised, you never thought about food, then your, your, I guess, journey into, you know, turning that around and including thoughts and processes that are around health and the amount of food that you eat and focusing on calories and things like that is going to be vastly different to someone like myself who has been very active my whole life, focused on my food and been conscious of the food choices I make. But maybe I've just had a a really busy time with work or very stressful time with the girls and I've just let things slip a little bit and you know I've gained five or six kilos and I need to just get those five or six kilos off. At the end of the day, you need to find, as I said, a balance that works for you. Work out what calories you need. I always say this and I've said it time and time again, if you want me to work out an estimation um, or an estimated number around where your calories should be for the goals that you are after and the starting point for your coming from, feel free to email me. In below is my Instagram handle or my email. You can reach out on any of those and say, hey, Adam, listen to your podcast. Could you help me work out what my calories are? I'm more than happy to do that. So please reach out for me. So we need to find that number first. Calories are important. They're the most important factor. But very quickly behind that is food quality. And so let's work out what your calorie starting point is. Then let's make sure we've got plenty of quality foods within there. Once you then tick that box over and there's calories left over, then please, and I would urge you because of sustainability for your actual journey, is then find those foods you love. 
Find them in a portion and an amount that allows you to fit them in, gives you that sense that you're looking for in whether that's just helping curve um, or curb those you know, cravings for those types of foods. Because if you completely get rid of them, you know you're just gonna want them more and more and more. And at some point, you're going to break, we're only human. And if you're depriving yourself of these foods completely, you're likely to break in a much bigger way than you are if you're having these things frequently, but in smaller amounts. And so please find a place for them. And I promise you, and I've seen it time and time again, as I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of clients over the years, is that you can live a healthy life while eating the food you love. Again, people sit there and tell you, no, carbs are so bad for your health. They lead to type 2 diabetes. They cause fat and obesity. And you you should never have carbs in your diet. They're full of shit. They have no idea what they're talking about. I've seen countless times where I've worked with someone who has type 2 diabetes. These people absolutely do include carbs in their diet. A lot of their diet is coming from nutrient-dense fruits and veggies and things like that that have carbs in them. When people say you should get rid of carbs, they normally highlight foods that actually are quite high in fat as well as carbs. Things like donuts. Donuts certainly have carbs in it, but they're far higher in fat. Things like chocolate. Yes, a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs in it, but again, very high in fat. A lot of these things that people say are bad carbs, you shouldn't be having them, again, are foods that are very high in both fat and carbs. It's those foods that are highly palatable to our taste buds and that food companies spend millions of dollars on every year engineering them to taste the way they do so we are driven to them we want them we crave them we we love those kinds of foods because because of that flavor profile no one i know if we're sitting there saying carbs and sugar are bad no one i know is sitting at home with a tub of sugar just spooning it into their mouth that's pure carbs that's pure sugar No one's doing that. And the same to that is no one's hoarding bananas and going, oh my God, these lovely bananas and carbs. I love them so much. They're usually foods that are a combination of fat and carbs that taste lovely to us. It's not just carbs that are bad for us. But again, I've gone over that topic before and I know I've just gone it over there again. There's no foods that are bad. There's no foods that are good. Yes, there's foods that are more nutrient value to us and absolutely they should be a major part of your diet. But just because you're having those in your life doesn't mean you can't include the others and still be healthy, happy, recover well, and be void of disease. And that's, I guess, what we're aiming for as well, is that, excuse me, yes, we want to obviously reduce your weight if weight loss is a goal for you. If it's not, that's fine. You don't have to be looking to lose weight. But again, research shows time and time again that if you are overweight, and when I'm saying overweight, majorly overweight whether that's 15 kilos or more i think 10 kilos you should probably be looking um, at some health promoting factors that doesn't necessarily have to be weight loss so health promoting factors might be you just move more you exercise more you get better sleep you add better foods within uh, your diet and if you weren't to lose some weight but you added these health promoting behaviors you can certainly see an increase in your health and your ability to um, prevent disease but if you're 15 plus kilos a reduction in your weight again has been shown time and time again to help your ability to stave off disease and have uh, the the chances of living longer and living a healthier longer life and so weight loss absolutely plays a role in that 
But closely behind that is all the other factors that were talked about before. Food choice, food quality matters. And so please make sure you're getting that in. Sleep, exercise, movement, getting to the gym, moving more. Like all of those things then has a, a very close second and third um, priority in behind. Food quality choice and weight. So I really hope that clears up calories, weight loss, and, and, and kind of overall health. They're two very different, but they do intertwine factors. But the clear point I want you to walk away from today is that calories are calories. Whether those calories are in a Twinkie, a cake, a donut, pizza, all those calories are in blueberries, fruits, other fruits, veggies, and you know those nutrient-dense type foods, a calorie is a calorie. It is exactly the same. It's just a measurement of energy. However, the different foods we choose despite the calories that are in them, absolutely have different quality um, proponents to it. That these foods might be more nutrient dense. They give you more value with nutrition, but that doesn't take away the fact that they still have calories in it. Those calories matter. Calories always matter. And if you haven't been losing weight and you sit there and tell me, but Adam, I eat so well, I must be, um, why can't I lose weight? Because you're eating too many calories. I don't care how well you are eating. If the weight's not coming off, you're not in a calorie deficit. And that kind of goes into this idea that people think they're in a calorie deficit is very different to people who are in a calorie deficit. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. Clear and simple. There's no if, buts. Oh, but Adam, no buts. Don't give me your excuses. You're not in a calorie deficit. And so you must reduce the amount of calories you're having. It doesn't even matter where they are. The calorie estimate that I can do for you is just that. It's an estimate. We could put that estimate and say, Adam, I was 100%. I stuck to the numbers that you and I'm still not losing weight. Cool, then the number's wrong. Reduce the amount of calories that you're on. You have to reduce it. So work out where that is, use it as a starting point, then start tracking it, understanding how many calories you're actually consuming as opposed to, oh, I think this is about here. Your thinking is overestimating, underestimating, sorry. People vastly underestimate how much they drink or how many uh, consume and how many calories are in the foods and the drinks that they have. So get that right, track it, understand it. And once you've got that right and the weight starts coming off, you'll see how important calories play a role in that, but then how you can then manipulate that a little bit to include those foods you love. And as I said, as an overall, when you lose weight, that definitely intertwines with how healthy you can be, but then health has so many other aspects around it. Like I said before, health, the way you sleep, the exercise you do, the quality food choices you have, stress, all of these things play into what health is for both your physical health and your mental health. And so I hope, as I said, this podcast really does do a good job of describing to you and giving you an understanding of the very different, um, I guess, factors that come from weight loss or fat loss and health but then how you can intertwine those two moving together uh, forward so i really hope this podcast has helped as always guys i really hope that uh you can share this out so others can get a um a view on it subscribe like comment star reviews all those things you know what to do help me out move me forward but uh that's going to be another episode of let's talk fast podcast i'm going to go and enjoy my day with my girls and celebrate my daughter's second birthday I hope you're well. I'll see you back next week. I love you all. Bye.